0: Hello legends, you're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on that off-the-dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. I'm going to do a quick little episode today, and I am going to try and make it quick. I'm going to try not to ramble on too much about this one, as I tend to have a habit of doing. Quickly chat about the 75 hard challenge that... I've been doing for the last few weeks, going to talk about why I'm doing it, what I've learned from it so far, and obviously what it actually is. So before we get into that, one thing I did want to say that I probably forgot to mention on that two episodes ago when I spoke about my journey to get to this point, I was talking about the keto diet and all these keto endurance podcast that you listen to where the big thing that they spruke is that by going on a high fat diet or a low carb diet or whatever you want to call it it's going to improve our fat burning metabolic flexibility and it's going to preserve our glycogen and do all these awesome things improve our endurance and that sounds awesome like i said in that podcast that like that got me hook line and sinker. i'm like i'm all in Uh, That's like, I want that. I want more endurance. I want more fat burning metabolic flexibility. Like, didn't even know what that was. Just sounded fucking great. There is literally no research to back that up. There's no research to show that changing your diet can improve your ability to burn fat and improve performance to make it better than using carbohydrate as the main fuel source as far as i'm i'm aware there there is some research to show at the absolute very best it can be even they can potentially be the same but there is no benefit and there is obviously drawbacks which come with eating or removing carbs from your diet so there's a a lady who has actually conducted a ton of research into this topic and she's actually from Australia. So I'm in the process of reaching out to her and I really look forward to bringing her onto the podcast soon, as soon as possible to actually discuss that. And she can, you can hear it from her and go through that, that research and everything that she's discovered through researching that exact topic. So stay tuned for that one. Now, like I said, that whole story of my nutrition journey really has what got, had, is what has gotten me to this point and why I have decided to embark on this 75 hard challenge. So number one, what is the 75 hard challenge? Many of you have probably heard of it. It's been around for years. I've heard of it years ago, never really kind of looked into it that much, One of my clients started doing it a few months ago. Shout out to Andy. If you're listening, Andy, you're a G. He's been doing it. That sprung my interest. And then I've been listening to, uh, I guess, a lot of the podcasts that talk about it uh, in recent times. So it's kind of come to my attention a little bit more. What is it? It's just... It's a challenge for 75 days, and every single day you must complete two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside. They can literally just be going for a walk. Uh, as Andy Frizzella says, the 75 hard G. If we're going to walk, let's walk with some fucking intent. We're not going for a walk down the street. You're going to, like, it's a proper walk, like getting into it. My wife hates walking with me because I'm a power walker. She tends to dawdle and she's not into that. I'll leave, leave her behind. <laughs> but anyway, two workouts a day. One needs to be outside. So if it's a fucking raining, hailing, thunderstorm, you gotta go outside and do it. And even if that's just a walk, that's fine. It can be what whatever fitness level you're at. It could be crushing a 45 minute session in the gym. It could just be going for a walk. If that's all your Capable of doing two 45-minute walks a day, that is completely fine. You've got to take a progress picture, read 10 pages of a book, drink one gallon of water, which in Australian speak is four liters, basically. You've got to follow some sort of diet and then no cheat meals or alcohol. So every single day, you tick those things off. If you've... At any time, if you do not complete one of those tasks, you go back to day one. So the whole idea of this, well, at least this is my perception of what this challenge is about. It's about building, I guess the biggest part is building mental resilience to complete a set of tasks that you have committed to completing every single day. So by starting the challenge, you are committing to the fact that these habits are important to you that you can see the benefit to completing these habits every single day because they're going to move you toward the version of yourself that you wish to become so you're making that commitment at some point in time in these 75 days and honestly for me i reckon it was probably about the fifth day and i'll get into that a little bit more as to why those challenges sort of came up but like You're probably going to feel pretty motivated, in inverted commas, that motivated word, the first few days when you start something like this, and it's going to be like all gung-ho, fuck yeah, this is awesome, and then you're going to get to some point. For me, it was around about the fifth day. Maybe it's the 25th day, who knows, but there's going to come a point in this, these 75 days when you get to nine o'clock at night, and it's raining outside, and you've still got to do your out your outdoor workout. Or you've still got to read 10 pages of your book and it's midnight and you're absolutely exhausted. So what are you going to do? There's a, that moment, at that moment in time, you're faced with a choice. So what choice are you going to make? Are you going to stick to your commitment to yourself? Or as again, the great man, Andy Frizzella says, are you going to let that bitch voice come in and tell you, ah, it's okay. It's okay. You don't, you can wait till tomorrow. You don't have to do it today. So, That's what the challenge is. Why am I doing it? There's a few reasons. Like, honestly, those things that I just read out that are a part of the challenge, the two workouts, well, probably not taking a progress picture. I don't take a pro... I've never taken a progress picture of myself. (laughs) But all of the other stuff, two uh, workouts a day, reading a book for 10 pages, drinking a shitload of water, and following some form of diet and no cheat meals or alcohol, like that's just a normal day for me. On a good day, if I executed a perfect day that I w- well, that I personally would consider to be a perfect day, they are the exact things that I would write down. So, I am still human though. I am... No different to anyone else that's probably listening to this podcast. I have that bitch voice that's there that tells me sometimes that it's okay. You don't have to do it today. It can wait till tomorrow. So myself personally, that bitch voice is coming from the old version of Ben that I was talking about in that podcast about my journey through nutrition. That version of Ben who... Was weak, frail, didn't eat enough food. And every time he trained hard or did something intense, he got sick. So, like I said in that podcast the other week, it's taken me, literally taken me five years to rebuild the belief that I am resilient. Now, I eat enough food. Now, I get enough sleep. Now, I have built the capacity to to be able to tolerate training consistency and training intensity so a big part of why i'm doing this is to prove that to myself now like i said it's taken me five years of turning my shit around and getting myself to a point now where i feel like i am actually in control and i can be like okay i'm ready to drop a little bit of body fat trim my calories back in a controlled manner and challenge myself to be as consistent as I can possibly be. So one of the first things that I will most commonly drop, and again, it's coming back, that that bitch, bo- that bitch voice that creeps in is in winter. When it gets cold, the days are shorter. It's fucking freezing here. Like it nearly snows where we are in winter. You don't see the sun. Like we've just had two days of sunshine here. And before that, it was like five weeks of gray and rain. Like, it's miserable. The first thing that I'll drop in these at this time of year is my cardio. Like, it's really easy, I find, to go for a run or go for a mountain bike ride on a nice, warm summer's day when it's beautiful and you want to get outside. Way more challenging to do that when it's sub-zero and your hands feel like they're going to snap off because it's so fucking cold. So I doesn't mean i don't do any cardio in winter but if i look at my training the ratio of my strength training to cardio in summer i have a really good balance of doing both in winter most commonly especially the last five years and like a lot of that came because i had to because i was cooked so i had to i couldn't do any cardio like for ages i was just walking that was my cardio was walking i didn't do any high intensity stuff for literally for years like to be able to get myself to a point where I could start doing it again. So again, that I feel like now I'm in a spot where I'm like, okay, I have proven to myself that I can tolerate it consistently. That's just my bitch voice coming in and, and trying to keep me comfortable. That's the old Ben. So the old Ben is gone. The old Ben is dead. The new Ben can tolerate the consistent training and, the intensity and slightly less calories, so that's why I'm the biggest reason I'm doing this is to prove that to myself. Two, like I just said, is to create consistency with cardio through these winter months because, as I, as I just said, like that's the most common thing when I'm when it's cold, weather shitty, it's like ah, uh, I'll just go and do a mobility session or a strength session in the gym. Fuck that! I'm not going out in in the cold, so. By doing this challenge, I am committing to doing two 45-minute workouts a day. So again, on a perfect... Some days, they are just two walks. I think the biggest thing I have learned in the last five years is I've become really in tune with my body. So I do feel like now I know when I'm like getting to that point that I am feeling a little bit cooked. So if I am feeling a little bit cooked, which honestly that was a day yesterday... Uh, I just did two 45-minute walks. But again, on a good day, there'll be a cardio session in the morning, whether that's a run or a mountain bike ride or a spin on the assault bike or something like that. And then the afternoon session would be a strength session. So I'm consistently, every day for 75 days, completing at least 45 minutes of cardio per day. Number three is my wife is also doing this challenge with me. So it's that old story that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. My wife, I've been like kind of dropping hints like all the time that it'd be kind of cool if she sort of started doing some training and, and maybe wanted to drop a little bit of body fat, but you know how that goes down sometimes. So... Like Tucker, our youngest, is about to turn seven. So it's been seven years since he was born. So anyway, Bon mentioned the other day when we were on one of our road trips that she was finally ready to pull the trigger on dropping some body weight. So I was like, cool. Gave her a couple little tips that she could probably do with her nutrition. And then a couple of days later, the 75 hard thing popped up again. And I was like, fuck. I can't miss this opportunity. Like, this is a perfect opportunity. So, I said, I just said to Bond, "Why don't we do this together? And we'll just we can both complete this challenge. And for the next seventy-five days, told her what it was, and she was like, she was all in. Like straight away, she's like, okay, are we starting tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, we'll start tomorrow. So we're doing it together. So, honestly." that's been awesome for us because even she's helping keep me accountable like even of an evening she's like when we finished tea and we're putting the kids to bed she's like, okay, have you done both your sessions yet? Do you need to go and do something? Do you need to go for a walk or do you need to go and hop on the spin bike to get your session done? So she's helping me keep myself accountable and vice versa. So that's really cool. So I like honestly I if you've got a partner or a wife, That, especially if you live with them, I'd say it's an awesome thing that you could do together for sure. So what have I learned so far? So the biggest one, which I kind of just touched on, is that my bitch voice was keeping me safe. That old version of Ben who was afraid to train hard and train long because he'd get sick, that voice was trying to keep me safe. And that's okay when, like I said, for a period of time, that was my reality. So I had to sort of hold that belief to get from that point to where I am today. But over time, with consistent actions, I've been able to prove to myself that the complete opposite of that is true. So now it's time for that bitch voice to die. It's gone. So... The other thing I've learnt is some bad sleep will not kill me. The first, basic, basically like five days after we started this challenge, and this is what I'm talking about with it, um, where I found it actually became a challenge, is Darcy and I went to Hatter up to the race at Muljura, so we spent six days living in a motel the room we had was right on the main road near roundabout. So every fricking night cars were coming around the roundabout, dumping the clutch and dropping skids past our motel room. (laughs) Um, We couldn't, we could make our breakfast in the motel room, but we didn't have cooking facilities. So we had to eat out for most of our meals, our lunches and our teas. So it was challenging, mostly from a sleep, like my sleep and like, I was also trying to work, had to work while I was there. So doing work on the laptop, had um, Darcy with me and everything else going on with the race that week. So like some of those nights, I only got six hours sleep. And some of those nights, it was broken sleep. Like I said, there's a car dropping a skid past our room at one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, bang, wide awake. Like where we live we live on a few acres and all you can hear at night is the crickets and the frogs in the creek you can't hear cars it's silent so it's very easy to get to sleep (laughs) when i'm sleeping in a motel room and there's cars zooming up and down the road and all the rest of it my sleep was shocking i still got my shit done i still hit my cow and even though we were eating out a little bit with a little bit of awareness, I still managed to keep my calories in check. And that first 10 days I lost a kilo of body fat. Well, hopefully it's body fat, but my my body weight has been trending down. Like I'm the the third week in now and I'm one and a half kilos down. So my body weight has been trending down. So that was one thing that I've learned is like, again, in the past, I had this belief that if I don't get my eight hours sleep, I'm going to be fucked. The Reality is like you still can get shit done when you don't get enough sleep. Is it ideal? And do you want to make that a habit? Not ideally. However, like for almost a 10 day period there, my sleep was very average. As soon as we got back from Hatter, we spent one night at home, The dude who decked out my van rings me up. He's like, oh, I've had a... Because I was kind of on a waiting list with him. He's like, oh, I've had a cancellation. Uh, Can you bring your van down tomorrow? This is like four o'clock on Monday afternoon. I'm like, "Uh, hang on. I'll just have a look and see if I can catch a train home. So the train left Melbourne at nine. So it's a three-hour drive. So I left. I got up at quarter past three in the morning, drove down to Melbourne for three hours and then had to commute through the city on two different trains to get to the the major train station to catch a train back home so i had like four and a half hours sleep or something that night or five hours sleep anyway it was shit for a 10 day period there my sleep was very bad i still got my two forty five minute sessions done i kept my calories in check and i felt great honestly like i didn't in the past i would have like that would have been enough to run me down and i would have i would have gotten sick but so far so good i've been feeling really good the other lesson i learned on that trip was walking shoes suck for running i actually forgot to take my runners and i've got a pair of like walking shoes that are like a trail type shoe i suppose you would say like a waterproof shoe with a grippy sole which are great for walking around the motorbike tracks I thought, oh, sweet, this, this will be fine. I'll just wear these running. Got up, went for a run, got like 4K in, and my feet felt like they were on fucking fire. These shoes were like, the sole is just hard as a cat's head. No padding whatsoever. So that nearly cooked me on the first day of that trip to Mildura. <laughs> my feet were destroyed from, a five, from the first five kilometers of running. So next that morning, straight to the shoe shop. Buy a new pair of runners and they were awesome. That solved that problem, thankfully. My feet were killing me for the rest of that day, but got those new shoes and did a run basically every morning while I was up there. And the feet come good, felt awesome. Other thing, next thing I've learned is tracking food is key. So I have trimmed my calories back, but like I've said, it's been in a controlled manner. So in the past when I've like wanted to cut my calories back and I haven't tracked my food, like now knowing what I know about food and having a bit of experience with tracking, it's I was cutting them way too much. So I've had days where I've gotten to the end of the day and I've been tracking my food and I'm like, I'm only at 2000 calories and I've set my target. The first two weeks was 2400. I've got it up at 2500 now calories. So I've had days where I've gotten to the end of the day. I'm like, shit, I've only eaten 2000 calories. Like I can actually eat some more today and still be in a deficit. So there's, so I've actually had to like have something else to eat at the end of the day to get um, my calories up a little bit higher. If I wasn't tracking, that probably wouldn't happen. And I'd probably potentially put myself into an even bigger deficit, which can have that, adverse effect to resilience so it's i personally feel like tracking for me personally i know not everyone's into it but for me personally i find it's a very valuable tool because like my goal is to drop a little bit of body fat but i want to be able to eat as much food as i possibly can whilst doing that so my performance actually doesn't suffer too much so like last week or this past sort of third week, the halfway through the third week was the only time I actually started to feel like a little bit sort of lacking energy in a couple of my strength workouts. So I was just more mindful to keep on top of my carbs and have a couple of sort of lighter days intensity-wise. And again, I've been feeling really good. So the other thing I've learned with the tracking is like this is probably a, a keto hangover thing for me or a low carb hangover is like honestly I probably struggle to hit my carbs but like that's that's the thing that I find I have to actually add a little bit more in like I'm pretty good with my protein my protein's always on point and my fats I'm definitely good with but it's that's the other thing I've learned is it, and this could be a lesson Uh, some value for you if you're trying to drop some body fat but obviously fats are more calorie dense so it's really easy to overconsume on calories with fats like even just like i have scrambled eggs as one of my go-to breakfasts if you just like slice off a big chunk of butter to throw in the pan to scramble your eggs like that could literally potentially be 300 calories if you just like slice a chunk off and throw it in there like five grams of butter is about 60 calories it's about the size of a teaspoon it's very small so that's again that's what i've noticed just tracking my food consistently for the last few weeks is i probably oh i have to be mindful with my fats just because they are energy dense and i'm trying to keep myself in a deficit so i have to sort of keep them in check. Otherwise it'll blow my calories out. And then I have to be mindful to actually eat enough carbs to get them up. So I've I've obviously got enough energy to train. So how I've done that, like honestly, I haven't really changed anything that I'm eating. I say eating like real food, solid food. My meals, my main meals have basically been exactly the same. All I'm doing is measuring them out so I have been more mindful with the fat. So I'm not just randomly chucking a chunk of butter or a couple of lugs of olive oil or whatever that looks like fats-wise. I'm measuring it out exactly to make sure I keep the calories in check. And I've stopped drinking my calories. So I'm not drinking orange juice now. So again, really easy to overconsume calories when you're drinking them. So they're the two biggest things I've done is just be mindful with my fats, stop drinking. OJ, obviously OJ is a carb. But I've stopped doing that because I want to get, not that orange juice is bad by any means, but when I'm reducing my calories down to a lower level, I want as many of those calories to be coming from whole foods as possible. So I'm feeling satiated all the time and I'm not getting to that point where I'm feeling hungry which I have been able to achieve. So the other thing I've learned is I need to be organized. Like to achieve these tasks every single day, I need to be organized. I need to get my shit done early in the morning. Like tick one of the workouts off, read a book first thing in the morning. Then bang, you've got two of the tasks done. If, you, if you're not organized or if I'm not organized and then I don't prioritize those things and organize my day to allow myself to get those, check them off early, then you get to like two o'clock or even later and you've got everything still to do. And that that's when it becomes difficult. But why is it difficult? It's difficult because I wasn't organized. I didn't prioritize the tasks that I've committed to prioritizing. So it's no one's fault but my own. So these are just little things that I'm learning. And it's also taught me how I am like often when I'll, in inverted commas, feel busy. I'm not busy. I'm just distracted. In reality, when, again, when I prioritize the tasks that I want to get done, you put them in front of all the other distractions and you get them fucking done. It's that simple. So... (laughs) The the other thing is for the people out there that aren't into tracking meals, like I mentioned at the start, my wife and I are doing this together. So she's basically done the complete opposite of me. She doesn't train. She doesn't do any strength training, I should say. So all of her 45-minute workouts have just either been walking, she's done a tiny bit of running, but mostly walking, or... A spin bike she doesn't track a scary food she's not interested in tracking her food at all i have given her some advice and some pointers with her food like generally like she eats pretty well she eats very similar foods to what i eat so mostly whole foods she probably in the past is just like overindulged again on like those easy to overindulge uh foods like fats and uh, drinking calories and things like that. So just giving her a little bit of advice on a couple of those things. And she's been doing the two forty-five 45-minute workouts a day and she's lost four kilos in the last three weeks. And She hasn't tracked a scary of food. So you don't necessarily have to track all your shit and, and do it perfectly um, to see a result if your goal is to drop body fat. And honestly, that is something that I have seen with my clients. Like before I went fully online with my business and really niched down into guys that race dirt bikes, like I had my gym set up at home in Yakandanda and I had 20 or 30 clients that trained with me in the gym face-to-face and the majority of those clients were actually women. Like I had more female clients for quite a few years than I did male clients. So, some of those ladies, and this goes for the guys too, uh, as well, but you could, some of the people to lose, to drop body fat or lose weight, just need knowledge. All they need is information. You can just give them a basic nutrition guide and say, okay, stick to these whole foods. Just be mindful of some of these because they're really calorie dense. And bang, the weight will just fall off them that is all they needed was just a little bit of knowledge and understanding around which foods are a little bit more calorie dense and they take that knowledge and instantly lose, drop body fat. Then you've got the type of person that you can give that knowledge, the exact same knowledge and they understand it and they realize it but they don't don't actually measure anything so they don't get the result. They think like they change their nutrition a bit and they think they're doing the right thing, but they don't get the result. They don't, nothing changes. So that particular type of person, when you actually get them to track their food and actually get it, get their intake in balance with their calories burned, the weight falls off. And then you got the third type of person Which neither of those fucking things work because they've got so deeply ingrained emotional um, connection to these habits that there's like a whole other fucking rabbit hole that you need to go down to overcome that stuff, which is outside the scope of this podcast. (laughs) But generally speaking, most people are going to fall into either one of those two brackets. That's my experience with nutrition. Some people just need some knowledge and that's it. Some people need the knowledge and they need the accuracy of actually actually measuring it for that knowledge to actually be put into action. So yeah, like I say, you don't necessarily have to track all your food if you want to drop body fat. I know a lot of you people, a lot of you out there listening to this podcast would potentially love to drop a couple of kgs. It's probably one of the most common things that even for guys that um, reach out to me or come on board as a client, like if, especially as the years roll on and you get into the the mid thirties, the forties, the fifties and family life becomes more of a priority that the body fat might start to go up. So it's again, like it's, it's a fairly simple task to overcome that if you just with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of awareness around what you're eating or you can just do my what my wife did and you don't even need to <laughs> and you can see a drop too so anyway I thought I'd just share those couple of points maybe the 75 hard things not for you but maybe you could do your own version of it like it doesn't have to be the 75 hard thing like what What are a set of daily tasks that you can commit to and can get them completed? Not absolute non-negotiables for the next 60 days or the next 90 days or whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's not two workouts a day, whatever it looks like for you, something that's more than what you're doing now and something that you are willing to commit to because you know those habits are going to take you towards the best version of yourself in the next sort of two to three months make up your own the really cool thing about the 75 hard thing is that like there's this app that it's only 10 bucks and it guides you through the whole process so it's got some videos it's got emails it's got an app that you track it all in so it's a kind of a cool way of of keeping um keeping yourself accountable with it because that's with any of these things like Most people that just do them on their own without telling anyone else will just give up because no one's keeping them accountable because we're shit at keeping ourselves accountable. So again, that's why I totally recommend doing it with a partner, your wife or spouse or whatever that looks like for you and having someone to actually keep you accountable and someone that's on the same track. So I will keep you updated. There's definitely more to come on the 75 hard thing uh i'm really enjoying it and i'm definitely not like for me honestly it's not at the end of the 75 days it's not like i'm gonna stop it's for me it's creating these because I, like i said those things that are written on that list There, that's my perfect day so I'm like, well, if that's my perfect fucking day, why the fuck am I not doing it every single fucking day? Why am I letting myself get away with not doing it? So that's why I'm, I am doing it is because that's my normal day. And I'm not stopping at the end of 75. I'm doing it every single day. I will say the caveat. The 75-day se- the thing, my goal at the end of the 75 days... I guess my goal with the 75 days personally is to drop body fat. So I am bringing my calories down in this 75 days to see a drop in body fat, which I am well on track for. My goal is once I hit the 75 days that I will start to creep my cal- my calories back up slowly up to my maintenance. And when I do that, I will bring in some longer training sessions and some more intense training sessions because that's the really big part of this thing like when you're doing this challenge and you know you're going to be doing two 45-minute workouts every single day you kind of got to keep your ego in check a little bit too because like for endurance guys if you're an endurance guy like 45 minutes is like you're just getting warmed up like it's not very long but that's what I've learned is you do your 45 minutes and you just stop because you know that you've got another one to do in four hours time or in five hours time. And then when you do that one, you know you've got to get up the next morning and you're doing another one. So it's consistently, you're just stacking these bricks, consistent, consistent, consistent. It's not always, you don't have to go out and crush yourself. Like I did go and do a three and a half hour mountain bike ride on the weekend. That was completely unplanned. One of my good buddies rang me up. He's like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to go ride the epic trail? I'm like, ah, uh, fuck yeah, let's do it so we went and rode the epic trail so i did a walk in the morning nice easy walk with intent up some hills <laughs> and then we went and did three and a half hour mountain bike ride that afternoon so for the most part though that's i'm not doing a three and a half hour mountain bike ride every week i'm just doing my 45 minute sessions for these first 75 days and then like i say then i'll see how much body f- weight i've dropped I will start to bring my calories up so I can tolerate a little bit more volume, a little bit more intensity, and I will bring some some longer sessions and some more intense sessions into the mix as I bring my calories up. So I'm definitely not going to like pile on crazy intensity or crazy volume when I've got my calories set low, like below maintenance at the very least. Cuz Like I want to challenge myself and I want to prove this to myself, but I also want to be smart about it. I don't want to fucking dig myself a hole and bury myself. So that is my goal with it is to see how lean I can get in 75 days and then start to bring those calories up. And then I will actually have a little bit of a phase of trying to put some more muscle back on whilst obviously still keeping the the cardio training up and, and see how that goes for the next sort of 75 day block. So I hope that, is a value to some of you if you're thinking about doing some sort of challenge or the 75 hard challenge like honestly i'd say definitely 100 go for it like there's really no downsides to it that that i can see even if you don't get all the like if there's really no you, you can't fail this thing like if if you don't get one of the tasks done you just go back to day one it doesn't fucking matter like like i said i'm not doing this thing to do it for 75 days and then fall off a cliff at the end and, and forget about it so like if i forget to take a progress pick and i go back to day one so what who cares like i haven't failed it's just like i didn't get my progress picture done so next day i start again and i make sure if i can get it done it's that simple so i would totally recommend it for anyone out there that's been thinking about it or if you are looking to kickstart some sort of journey or challenge yourself definitely worthwhile and i will keep you updated as to how the process goes uh, as we get further through it until then thank you for listening i appreciate you we will see you on the next episode